Nine, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. Today we welcome Ty Windish of Behind the Buck Pass to the show to discuss a number of topics from the NBA, including Tom Thibodeau's fit in Minnesota and which NBA team might be bold enough to trade a center to the Warriors. Ty also picks a team from each conference that he believes will move up in the standings between now and the end of the season, as well as a team from each that he thinks will drop. We'll end with Giannis Adetokounmpo reacting to being mentioned by President Obama in a speech in Greece, as well as considering what the Hawks will have to do Friday to come out of Milwaukee with a win. Today's episode is brought to you by Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage Group, rates, integrity, service. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. We are here with Ty Windish from the blog Behind the Buck Pass and the podcast Time Out with Ty. Welcome, Ty. Hey, how's it going? You were telling me that you had something of a boring day today, and then you said something with which I am not familiar. So I understand. I think you said Rocket League and it's a video game. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's help the old man understand what's happening here so this is it's uh it's this really random game called rocket league and it just came out it's probably probably over a year old now um it came out for the ps4 and it was like when we just download it you don't go to the store and like buy a disc and it was free for a few days so a lot of people downloaded to try it and basically it's like soccer with cars and like the cars have boost and you can jump and double jump and fly through the air and it's really cool because i'd kind of fallen out of playing video games because i just don't have time and they're expensive, but my roommates and I love playing Rocket League, and now I play it by myself too. So all of my spare time now that's not you know school stuff, work stuff, basketball stuff is Rocket League stuff, and I'm like obsessed with raising my ranks and winning online. And it's weird because I haven't played video games this much since I was like much younger. Well, by my standards, much younger when I was like a teenager, and I'm 21 now, so not that long ago. But it's it's cool to, to be in games and be competitive again. It's a lot of fun. So that's what I spent my day doing. It's very exciting stuff. <laughs> All right. So to help me understand the last part here, is it something where uh, it died down after those few few days? Like you go in now and it, where it used to be 10,000 people, there are now 100? Or is it? No, it's, it's the huge. The up? game is huge. Yeah. Oh, okay. It caught on. Like it's really, really like it's it's like usually like literally like 10,000 people online, which is a pretty good amount for a video game. Wow. All right. Well, I wanted to start you off with our three quick questions. And you chose to to answer one of the questions that I've been waiting for somebody to answer, which is, if you could literally trade shoes with any NBA player, who would you be exchanging footwear with? I can't believe no one picked this yet. I'm See, I'm not even a shoe guy, but I really want the Chef Curry's. The, the white, yes, mocked liberally on Twitter. Yes, the ones that Bill Simmons, Bill Simmons wore. Shoes. And he was like, "Yeah, these are perfect dad shoes." Yeah, I love those shoes. I really want a pair of those. They're they're expensive. They're like over a hundred dollars. I was like, "Come on, Steph, you can't make some Avia looking shoes and then charge a hundred and however many dollars for them." I want a pair really badly because, like, I'm not fashionable. But so for me, they just look like they're real comfy, and I, I'm a general <laughs> fan of Steph Curry. And oh, 
Plus, there's just the whole, like, I think it would be low-key hilarious to wear them around and be like, yeah, I'm styling. These are my hoop shoes, these Chef Curry's. You have to have, like, some hidden autograph or something to make them a little <laughs> more interesting than just that. If I, if I can get them autographed by Steph Curry, I don't think I'm wearing them that much, but... <laughs> so, now, this is a true, honest-to-goodness exchange. So, what are you giving him? What do you have on your feet right now? Oh, um... Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> I have some real-life Walmart shoes on. I wore some Air Force Ones earlier today which are my nicest shoes, which my friend gave to me because they didn't really fit him right. I, I, didn't, I don't really buy shoes. I, I was not lying when I said I'm not a shoe guy. Let me look at the tag so I'll tell you what these are. These are some Avias. I said Avias before. These are actually Avias. They're gray Avias. I can post a pic on Twitter later. The, uh, <laughs> the fronts are actually worn down because I played a lot of tennis in them this summer with my dad. Uh, shout out me. I, I destroyed them all summer. It was really, really savage. But uh, these oh, are – I, I need – I need some new ones. Yeah, ten. I'm a tennis star in my spare time. But I need some new yeah. Avias or some new Chef Curry's if you're listening, Steph. <laughs> my wife has uh, has gotten on me for buying a lot of shoes, which admittedly I have done. But I will say in my defense that I destroyed like three pairs of shoes this summer playing basketball on Black Cup. It just wrecked them. All, all sports do. I think every – like I know my, my friend Kyle is a skater, and he, he would wear out shoes in like a week. <laughs> all sorts of sports are you are you talking like you talk like hoop shoes like nice shoes or like whatever shoes that you you kept buying um they were like they were like low top pumas i like low tops and, yeah and i usually were, do too those are pretty good for playing outside they had a, a pretty good grip for outdoor basketball but then the the grip just got sh- just yeah. shredded like literally holes in the bottom I used to I used to hoop in Pumas and play football and do everything in Pumas, but they deteriorate faster than anything. Excellent. All right, second question. Out of all the podcasts and all the episodes of podcasts that you've ever listened to, what's your favorite episode? This was really tough for me because I, I, I'd seen the – I picked my questions. So I, I knew I wanted to do this one, and I, I, said, I told you. I was like, I want to do this one, and then I sat back, and I was like, wait a minute. I have no answer. I have no idea what, what's my favorite. So I like went like in a podcast rabbit hole, listening to some old ones. Like lately, I've been listening to, you know, the the Low Post is always good. Uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, uh, Woj's podcast is really good. Um, I wasn't ever gonna pick one, like one of my episodes, because that's just too much. Because I I really I can't listen to podcasts I'm on. I just think it's weird. And I, <laughs> and I remembered. Um, the like it was like it was the summer or like the spring after Grantland fell apart. Uh, Zach Lowe went on Richard Deitch's like SI like media podcast to talk about all sorts of things like his come up and Grantland and Bill Simmons and everything and it was just fantastic. Like I'm like I'm a huge Zach Lowe fan. I think he's probably the best guy out here doing what I aspire to do. And just like the inside look was really 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 good stuff. Excellent. Third question. What were you thinking when you tweeted, and this is uh, yesterday, last night, so uh, I'm guessing this had something to do with Spurs, Bucks. Yeah. You said, watching Jabari step up with Giannis on the bench is like seeing your child walk for the first time, but way better and more glorious. What happened? (laughs) Okay, so first, I should clarify, I have no children. So this is, uh, this this tweet may not be 100% true. I'm just assuming what that's like. I can't confirm what actually seeing your child walk for the first time is like. I can confirm that watching Jabari Parker, who has been pretty good all year, but there's like this contingency of Bucks Twitter 
who will just harp on him for his on-off numbers or his defense still, even though I, th- I think he's getting better. There's still some lapses, but he's getting better. Um, seeing him step up, and the, the big thing that a lot of people got on Jabari about was lineups with Jabari without Giannis had been bad thus far. And seeing him against the Spurs, you know, a, a lot of this was him guarding Kawhi and going against Kawhi. And he got some really huge buckets that made this a very, very close game until the literally the last shot taken by Mirza Tledovic. Just that feeling was great because, you know, ever since Jabari got drafted, I mean, that's the highest Bucks draft pick since Andrew Bogut, I'm almost positive. And that was like 2004. Jabari went second overall 10 years after that. Um, and then he gets hurt his rookie year. You know, he comes back last year and the team's not very good. And there's always, you know, people poking holes and like trying to find things wrong with Jabari. And I've I've been like riding with Jabari since pretty much day one, I want to say. And it's just great to see him sort of step up and grow into the player that a lot of people expected when he first got drafted. Excellent. All right. So done with the quick questions, moving on to our 100 to 200 segment. And so the idea here is... Uh, I'm going to ask you for a controversial opinion graded on a 100 to 200 scale. The idea being that 100 degrees is sort of a lukewarm temperature and 200 degrees is much further on the scorchy side. So I'm going to ask you to state your opinion, give us a little bit of evidence and opinion and back it up, and then I will guess how you graded it and you can reveal the grade. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. You're up, Ty. Take it away. So my uh, my hot take for this one is that um, I want to say that Tom Thibodeau is not uh, a fantastic fit for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Keep it's, going. I know it's good if I got that reaction from you. Um, the biggest thing, and you know, there's there's all these a lot of people right now would think, oh, Ty's worried about like his defense. And it's not like because the players are too young. It's not really even that. It's more so that I just think like the 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 thing with Tibbs is it's like when he was in Chicago, he was known for two reasons. Like two things went with Tibbs. One was great defense, and that's something like if once he does get his defense rolling in Minnesota, which I do think he will. He's a fantastic coach. Um, he's going to be fantastic. Like I I think their defense is going to be very very good. The other thing, though, was minutes. And this is what like a lot of people seem to gloss over when he first got hired back there. It's like There were real concerns he overplayed his players in Chicago. I mean, you look from Luol Deng to Derrick Rose to even Noah a little bit, all of these guys who – and Jimmy Butler. But, I mean, he's been overplayed since as well. Um, and he you, was younger. He was younger, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Um, so Butler not as much, but a lot of those other guys. And guys I'm probably not even remembering right now without looking back. But they just played so many minutes and – that stuff can sometimes have negative effects on a player's long-term future. And that's, you know, it's not been horrible so far. There's been some games, but it's not been horrible. But my my concern is that, you know, we're going to start seeing Carl Anthony Towns playing 40-minute games in seasons that don't matter. And, like, once or twice doesn't matter. But if that happens all the time, it can be a concern. And I'm I'm worried that, you know, if Tibbs feels like this team is close to being good, we might see that again. Uh, and that's what I'm worried about. Also, I'm always a little concerned about one person having too much power. Um, he's president of basketball operations, too, which I believe they still have a general manager. I'm sure there's other voices there. And it, it hasn't been anything negative thus far. 
But uh, I always worry about that when one guy controls so much about a franchise. I'm with you on the minutes thing. That's scary. For a team like the Timberwolves with three young, talented players like Towns, Wiggins, and Levine, it's a little bit scary to think that they could get rubbed into dust, so to speak. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I'm less concerned with Thibodeau and more concerned with the lack of talent around those three players. Um, You know, I love Rubio, but I don't think he's necessarily a... uh, the type of player that's going to be beneficial to them in the long run in the short term. I think he is, but in the long run, I don't think he's a great compliment. And just looking at that roster, I just don't see a whole lot of pieces beyond the good young talent. I mean, I guess we could get excited about Chris Dunn, but I don't necessarily. So I don't think Tibbs is the problem. So I'm going to say that you're way up on the scorchy side. I would say that, that Tibbs being a problem is something like a 178. Okay, I I, I had it at 150. Wow. Just because right here's the here's the thing, is that publicly everyone's very excited about Tibbs. When I bring this this like theory, I suppose, up to you know people I talk to about the NBA, other other people around Twitter, and I'm not gonna name drop here, although I'm <laughs> always tempted to name drop. Um, but you know, you bring it up, you know, in DMs or before, or after podcasts, whatever. And, you know, you, you say something like that, and they're like, that does make a lot of sense. That is something that could be troublesome. So I feel like, like no, I don't know, like everyone wants to be excited about the, the Wolves, and they should be. You know, the Wolves are fantastic, great young team, and Tibbs is a really good coach. But I, I just think it, it seems hot, but if you think about it and you really think back on those teams and all that, I, I don't know, I don't think it's scorching hot. I don't, I'm not saying he should be fired or anything crazy like that. I just don't think it's the perfect situation all right interesting thanks turning to a general look around the nba i wanted to have you on to predict some ups and downs the idea being pick a team from each conference two teams from each conference one that's going to go up and one that's going to go down in the standings from now until the end of the season so let's start with the east uh which team in the east do you think is going to go down between now and the end of the season I'm going to have fun with this because there is – I don't hate any teams. I write about the NBA, the entire NBA for Hoops Habit. So I don't I don't hate any teams. I don't hold anything against any teams. Fan bases, on the other hand, can be irksome. And one I've run into more than one time in this young season is the New York Knicks fan base, which is entirely convinced that the combination of Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony, and Kristaps Porzingis and Noah and whatever else they have over there is a real super team that's going to take the East by storm. I, I just don't see it. And they're not even super high right now. They're fifth in the East, but I think they're going to fall. I think they're going to be around 500 and scrapping to make playoffs at the end of the year. What do you think about their team is going to get worse, a particular player or style? or? I don't think they're going to be healthy. Um, they have a lot of guys like Noah, who's not been particularly great, especially on offense, but he's still been okay defensively. Uh, Rose has always had some injury concerns. And the other thing is, like, this team, just, like, I don't know if it's ownership, where it is, like, people around it, there's always just been, like, it feels like the last few years, something weird has come up and, like, detracted from them overall, like, near the end of the season. Like, we had Kurt Rambis, like, porn tweets, Phil Jackson's (laughs) always getting in some sort of fiasco with someone. Right now it's LeBron. Who knows who it's going to be next? 
Uh, and it's just like those distractions can be negative things. I mean, they've been pretty good lately. And they're on a three-game win streak. I just Something about this team just feels like they're not going to hold up. And who knows? Maybe I'll be completely wrong and they'll go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It, I, I just don't see it. Fair enough. All right. Staying in the Eastern Conference, which team do you think is going to rise up in the standings between now and the end of the season? I mean, it's got to be the Hawks, right? I don't know. I, it's it's the Hawks. For me, it's the Hawks. I mean, they're. I, I think Budenholzer is probably like top two coach in the East, top top three at worst. I'd probably say top two, though. He might be the best. I, th- I think Budenholzer's fantastic. I think... I mean, Millsap's been out, so they've lost a lot of games. And there's some deeper problems they need to fix too. The uh, the Tabo for Korver move seems I don't know if I don't know if it's reactionary. I don't know what it is. I'm sure you have thoughts on it. Um, I I just think they're gonna figure things out. There's a lot of talent here. Um, if they don't, it'll be interesting to see how Dwight reacts because Dwight you know came in super bubbly and everyone's excited. Um, Dwight's one of those players where you really need to keep him happy and motivated though. So I think it'll be a test for Dwight and a test for the Hawks to get through all this. You know, they lose Jeff Teague, who's been big for the Hawks. I mean, Schroeder's been good, but it's just having Teague around, I'm sure, was another sort of presence for them. I think really, though, part of it that'll make them better is these rookies they have, getting better as the year goes on, earning coaches' trust more as the year goes on. Uh, and I'm excited to see these guys play. I think they did a really good job in getting their rookies. And now they have DeAndre Be- DeAndre Bembry, right? And they have, uh, who's the point guard? Malcolm Delaney. Malcolm Delaney, yeah. I really like him. And there's another wing who I, the name is slipping me right now, but I know. Torian Prince, yeah. He's, yeah. He's been sort of in and out of the rotation, but, you know, his in, when he did get into the rotation, was sort of merit based. There really wasn't a spot for him. Right. And I guess, you know, he just impressed so many people uh, with what he did, you know, behind the scenes that he they said he earned minutes. Yeah, I mean, I've the, everything I've been reading and seeing from the. I was a big fan of those two guys. I didn't know much about Delaney because he he didn't get drafted. I don't think. Right. They just that's signed true. him. Um, mm-hmm. But I was a big fan of Bembry and uh, Prince. Do you remember the the funny Torian Prince video from when he was in college? Yes. It was fact, um. It was it was rebounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked him if if. Uh... Somebody asked him, you know, how did how did Yale out rebound Baylor? And he said, Well, you know, they jump up and they put yeah. two hands on the ball <laughs> yeah. and they landed and they held on to the ball or something that, like that. Yeah, that's when I knew I was gonna be a Torian Prince fan. I was I, like, All right, this I guy's almost cool. fell into the same trap on Media Day. I had a question in my head and I wanted to ask him, you know, like what kind of shoes he was wearing or would be wearing this season. And, you know, you're there in the sort of a scrum. It was this was more of at a table. He was sort of at a high table with some people sitting around him and somebody asked him what he was going to wear this season, but they were talking about clothes. Yeah. And you know, he's like, well, you know, I don't really want to tip my hand on what I'm going to be wearing this season. And then I was thinking shoes. And I said, what are you going to be wearing this season? Except I didn't <laughs> actually say the word shoes. Oh, <laughs> like, kind of just said that. And I'm thinking, Oh no, he's going to, He's going to do the same thing to me that, that he did in that Baylor press conference, but he was pretty nice about it, except for being confused at my stupidity. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, uh, I'm excited about those guys for sure. I mean, uh, besides just being funny, they're, they're really good basketball players. Bembry's got fantastic hair, and that's always a plus. Um, I, I, just, I just think, like, I, I believe in the Hawks. I mean, they've been in the playoffs so many years in a row. They won 60 games a couple years ago. Uh, maybe it's just how often I talk to Adam McGee. 
um, from mutual friend of both of ours. <laughs> but I just I have faith in the Hawks. I think they're going to figure it out here. All right. So turning to the Western Conference, who do you have maybe dropping a few spots between now and June? Or I should say now and April if they they fall far enough. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, the the obvious answer, I feel like, is the Grizzlies, but I'm not technically going to use it. I'm just going to – I'm not. I'm going to acknowledge that that's the obvious answer um, okay. because there's injury concerns and all that. But really, I don't think the Spurs will be second in the West when the year ends. Like this is this I'm dumb for this because I just went off about you know how good Budenholzer is and how that means the Hawks will get it together. Popovich is the best coach in the NBA. I think that's without question at this point. Personally, I think he might be the best coach ever in the NBA. Um, but I just I their team fits together so weird and it's been working out for them because of course they're the Spurs and they have Kawhi Leonard. But like I I'm not a fan of Pau Gasol in there and their offense has been fantastic because they do have him in there. Uh, I just something about this team just feels weird. I don't think they have the the firepower the Clippers do. I don't know this. I feel like this is falling apart in the middle of me saying it, but I'm gonna stick with it just because I, I feel like annually I doubt the Spurs and they prove me wrong every single year. But I just I don't think they're. I think they're gonna be a good team and they're gonna make the playoffs. Obviously, I just don't think they're as high as the second seed. I think they might drop down to like four. No, I hear you. It kind of feels like a MacGyver project where. They put Ford parts on a Chevy, and they're kind of holding some stuff in there with duct yeah. tape. Yeah, I mean, David Lee. A couple paper clips. David Lee wasn't finding minutes on, like, two different teams. <laughs> and now he's playing. He's He looks good, too, of course, because Pop. But it's – it's <laughs> and there's uh, this questions about Tony Parker. And then is Patty Mills good enough to be a starter? Is Danny Green going to be consistently good again? It's There's a lot of things going on here. And they have talent, and obviously they have Popovich. But I'm just not sold that they can be better than, you know, the Clippers, who are insanely talented and – the Rockets who just look really, really good right now because James Harden is incredible. Fair enough. All right. And who is going to go up in the West? See, this is difficult because at first, <laughs> at first I was like, I, I think there's like the Kings have some good lineups and uh, you have to preface like every Kings statement by saying, but it's the Kings. <laughs> um, I just like the, just recently, yesterday or two days ago, Matt Barnes is like, under suspicion of attacking people and Boogie was there and it's like I can't, I'm not going to say the Kings now look this is they're, they're doing so typical Kings stuff um, so I'm, I'm torn between a couple of these younger teams um, I think the Jazz will but I'm going to go with the Pelicans who look really good now that Drew Holiday is back I think, I'm with you on that one <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, I just think Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis together are just really overwhelming and more so than what Drew brings by himself, I think taking some burden off of Davis will be even bigger for this team because it could keep him healthy for longer and it could leave him more rested up to play better defense where, you know, if he's got the energy to play hard on defense, I mean, the guy is one of the more incredible athletes we have in the NBA. I mean, I I think that's without question. He's just so fast. He's so long. He still plays like a guard because that's how he came up. He just happens to be, you know, seven feet tall or whatever. Uh, I think, you know, they can get some of these new guys they signed worked in a little better. Uh, they still have guys to bring back. They still don't have Tyreek Evans yet. Uh, I, I think they're going to be all right. Um, they're not going to be great. They're, they're 7-15 and 15 now. I think they're going to be better than that. I could see them around 40 wins, which would be a huge improvement for them based on, I think they started like 2-10 and 10 or something like that. I completely agree with you on the Pelicans. I think, you know, Drew Holiday plus some of the other players have gotten back. They're 
they're a real team. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I do think that they'll end up somewhere around 500 now. It's just so tough for them the way they started because they have to dig their way out of a hole to get there. But uh, I think, well, I think this will be a huge test for Alvin Gentry, and I think he's gotten a bad rap, and I don't know how deserved it is, but because they have the Pelicans just have not been good, but they've been very injured. Um, this is a team I would not be surprised to try to make a move around the deadline. Who knows? I feel like you could say that about almost any team in the NBA. Um, but just to, they need, I think they need another scorer on the wing and they signed a lot of good guys on good contracts, but like Etuan Moore can't go get his own shot. Solomon Hill can't be out here creating off the dribble that well. Like they have good complimentary pieces. They could use even another scorer with Drew and maybe that's Tyreek Evans. And they don't need to sign anyone or trade for anyone. Uh, I just think that if they made a move and, and made the pieces fit a little better, they could definitely get to 40 wins. How fun would a a first round Warriors Pelican series behind. That would be something. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten it before, and it was it was pretty fun last time, even though it was a sweep. It was a, yeah. an enjoyable series. Let's do it again. Anything All to right. get Anthony Davis in the playoffs. I want to take a minute to talk about today's sponsor, Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage Group encourages people to shop rates when they're looking to refinance or buy a new home. They have some of the lowest rates in the country and some of the lowest closing costs too. They'll even give you a quote where they credit you money towards the closing costs or cover all of them. Check them out at www.polimortgage.com. That's www.polimortgage.com or call 781-232-8000. Make sure to tell them that ATL and 29 sent you to receive a credit of $50 towards your closing costs. Offers cannot be combined with other offers. Poli Mortgages, Rates, Integrity, Service. All licensing information is in the show notes. Poli is an equal housing lender. All right. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Ty, was I've been thinking about the Warriors. It's it's hard not to, especially, you know, a day after uh, watching Clay score 60 and three quarters. Oof. And, you know, part of the reason that all happened was because uh, the Pacers didn't really have much other choice than to guard Clay Thompson with Monte Ellis. You know, they had to guard Durant. They had to guard Curry. And, you know, once you've got Paul George and Jeff Teague and other places, you've got Monte. And it's, you know, here, go guard, go guard Clay. And it didn't go very well for the most part, right? 60 points. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you could say it was not great. So we've got a super team on our hands. And it's hard to talk about the NBA without talking about the Warriors. But. The question I have is really looking at the other teams in the NBA, and the question is this. Which team do you think will trade the Warriors a center, thus invoking the wrath of the other 28 teams? I, there's a lot of options here, right? I mean, I think, you know, if you talk to a team individually, they might be like, well, you know, of course we don't want to help out the Warriors. You know, then the Warriors offer a piece that they like, and that attitude could <laughs> entirely change. Um, the thing to keep in mind is that would the Warriors love, you know, a rim protector? Yes, that's that's what they're looking for in a center. Would they love one that is experienced? Oh, they would, but I don't know if they can afford that. You know, veterans are expensive, and that's just how it goes. I mean, the Warriors, you know, who would fit here perfectly? Andrew Bogut, but they can't. They literally, they don't have the cap room to bring him back. They just can't anymore. So you got to look at, I feel like, younger guys. Uh, as far as having a lot of young centers, one team sticks out in my mind, and that's Sacramento, the Kings, uh, who uh, 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 uh. there's a lot of talk about them dealing a different center, 
that Boogie's not going to Golden State. That's not possible. But you look at the Kings, they have like five centers on this roster. Willie Cauley Stein, I think, would fit excellently in in uh with the Warriors and he's a much easier it's easier to trade for someone making three point five million than it is for someone making seventeen million, especially when you've got four star players on your team. Um, the Kings also have like Skyla Bissier and Papianis. I don't know if the Warriors want someone that untested. Like Kali Stein might even be a little too untested for this. Um, the Kings have Kostakoufis too if the Warriors wanted him. Uh, but then, again, that's harder to work out a trade just to make the the, the salaries work and everything. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked. I know Kali Stein hasn't been doing wonderfully in Sacramento so far. He hasn't seemed to fit in too well. Uh, it'll be that that's an option. I mean, it's. Anyone who has a young center, but not if they're too good. Like, I don't know if a Nerlens Noel deal would work because the Warriors don't have a ton of assets. Certainly, they want to give up. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, Clay Thompson go out in this trade. I don't think <laughs> that's, that's a, even close to a possibility. Um, so you got to look at the younger guys who just aren't getting too many minutes and they're not worth a whole hell of a lot because if they are, the Warriors probably can't or will choose not to be able to afford them. So that's one I could I could see if they're gonna go after someone young, and the Kings don't have too much interest in keeping him. Uh, Detroit has a few centers like uh, Bobin doesn't even get minutes here, but he's a little pricey. So yeah, I don't know I if that's pricey. Yeah, he's probably just too expensive. That's, All right, that's so the yeah, trick you, of it. Someone cheap. You got to where I was gonna go. I heard you say. Uh... You know, a team with a lot of young centers. And I was like, yeah, 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 Philadelphia. And then you said <laughs> Sacramento. And I was like, wait, what? But you're right. Sacramento has a lot of young centers. And, and I was I was thinking Nerlens, uh, and you mentioned him. That that would be really intriguing. But like you say, uh, the Warriors would have to mortgage a lot of their future probably to get that. Yeah. And, I mean, they have the only They can afford first. to, though. The only Yeah, the only first <laughs> they're giving up is this year's to Utah. Otherwise, their only their only draft picks going out are second rounders and seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. So they can trade their twenty nineteen and going forward from their first round picks. So yeah, right. I mean if if I mean if they could get Nerlens Noel, the other thing is I don't think they'd give up. They'd give up you know a significant amount. I feel like because he'd help them right away. But right. they do have to pay him after this year, and that would that would be a thing too. I don't think they'd give up a ton because he's only cheap for a season. After that. He's going to want money, and from what we've seen of Nerlens talking to the press, it's fair to assume he'd want a substantial amount of money. Collie Stein's a little younger. You'd get him for another year or two, I think. Um, I, I don't know how interested Sacramento is in trading him because he's so young, but if there's a team that can afford to give up on a center, I mean, the Kings have even more than the Sixers. So. Very good. Yeah, I don't want to hear the Warriors complain about money. They should be paying any player that they have anything that they want and just deal with the cap and deal with the tax. Well, yeah, I mean, considering Curry's still on $12 million, yeah, they, they can't really <laughs> complain too much. And, you know, what are they charging for seats and uh, yeah. how much money are they raking in with the extra home playoff games? They're doing okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're in the, the red right now. All right, well, I know you write about the Bucks tie, and – there's really only one thing to talk about with the Bucks. Okay, there are probably a lot of things to talk about with the Bucks, but from a national point of view, and in terms of you know one storyline that stands out way above all the others, it's Giannis Dedekumbo, and he's living up to the potential that I think people saw in him when he was drafted a few seasons ago. And he was even mentioned last week in a speech by President Obama in Greece. 
and I got the chance to ask him what he thought of that. Greek or American, we're all cheering for Giannis Atetokounmpo, who's uh, who seems to be getting better each year. <laughs> so, so what does it mean to you that when the president would go to Greece, he would say, you know, Greek or America, Greek or American, we're all cheering for Giannis Dedekumpo. You know, you know, it's a, it's a great feeling, it's a nice feeling, you know, President Obama, you know, talking about you. Wow. You know why it's in Greece. Uh, and then, you know, it's exciting. You know, I got a lot of messages from my mother and uh, my people in Greece and stuff, and they was talking about it. So it's just nice. I appreciate it. And so I would ask you, you know, what's the ceiling for him? How good can he be relative to the rest of the NBA? I mean, it's this is something where there are people who, from the day he was drafted, would tell you what I would pro- what I'm going to say now. Props to those people. I did not believe that much. You know, I, I saw the, the the Bucks drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. What? You know who is this guy? Like how do like again with the you know because the Bucks had taken a couple players from overseas who didn't turn out quite living up to expectations according to a lot of fans. Um, so it was like oh come on like another overseas guy like what's happening here? Uh, and then but right as soon as you know Milwaukee got a good look at Giannis, you could sort of tell like this kid's got something special. I mean his his size, his athleticism, the way he moves, and really his work ethic from day one all stood out. But that was it. His rookie year like he was speedy and lengthy and exciting but he doesn't he didn't have it all put together yet because he was you know 18 or 19 years old most likely uh he just turned 22 today and it looks like he could be one of the top five players in the nba within a few years if if even that long he might be close to that right now which you know at its surface sounds a little ridiculous but i'm just watching him play he still doesn't have a super consistent three-point shot, although he does take some pull-up threes now. When they go in, it's just like, what can he not do? But even without that being a real reliable thing for him, he's just so good at getting around and over and through everyone and getting to the rim over and over and over. And his vision's pretty good for a guy who's you know 6'11", 7 feet tall. Uh, just everything he can do, his athleticism, his work ethic... His mind for the game, he sees the game very well, I think. Earlier in the season, he would get tunnel vision. That's somewhat gone away. He's shared the ball a lot better. I mean, it's imagine a less intense, less athletic Russell Westbrook, who's, you know, six, seven inches taller. And that's Giannis. I mean, he's just so, he's still pretty pretty damn athletic, I would say. Um, and it's, it just feels like he can get whatever he wants on the floor right now even though clearly teams are building to stop him when they play the Bucks, It hasn't mattered, and that's been incredible. Jason Kidd has said some uh, yeah. really impressive things about him this week. Um, you know, what has Kidd been saying about Giannis, and do you think that you know, he really believes that Giannis is going to be on par with those players? Well, I think he said uh, Giannis could be a combination of Dirk and LeBron. Is that it? <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that that was one of them for that's, sure. That's the one that stood out to me. Um, that's something. But I think if you look at, and he doesn't have, if he had Dirk shooting, Giannis would be unquestionably like 
the the most attractive young player in the league, I think, because he'd be unguardable. If he could shoot like Dirk Nowitzki, there would be no way to guard Giannis, and that's just facts. But I mean, you look at Le- LeBron's athleticism, and and now he's not as strong as LeBron, obviously, but LeBron's athleticism, uh, his ability to guard multiple positions, his lateral quickness, and his passing, and then really Dirk's height and his. I, he doesn't have the shooting. He just doesn't yet. But, I mean, I guess you could say his back down game. I don't know. The Dirk, the Dirk thing is a little weird. Maybe just because he's from overseas. Uh, that could be it. But um, if, if he gets the shooting, I, I don't know how you try to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo. I really just don't because, you know, if you come out to guard him, he's going around you. And if you don't in this universe where he can shoot, he's making threes. Um, it's just like the Giannis comparisons uh, – not the, the obviously Giannis. The LeBron thing is – it's dangerous to talk about players like LeBron in comparison to someone who's 22 because LeBron's one of the greatest we've ever seen, we will ever see him play. But just the way that he plays multiple positions and he's a forward who can handle the ball and, and run an offense, I think that's an apt enough comparison. I don't want to talk about greatness or anything like that because that's clearly up to LeBron right now. Uh, I will say that three out of the last four times those two played each other, Giannis outscored LeBron for what it's worth. <laughs> There is one way he can learn to shoot like Dirk. What's that? <laughs> Go study from uh, from Nowitzki's guru there. Didn't he receive that invitation this week? Oh, I didn't even hear about this. What is this? Uh-oh. I... What's the name of Dirk's shooting coach? Sorry, we've gone off script. No, that's... I'm Googling. I know... <laughs> I don't know if you saw this today. Giannis worked out with uh, Kevin Garnett. He came Holger over. Holger Gershwinder. Okay. Oh, I have heard that name. I yep. believe that he uh, he extended an invitation to uh, to Giannis to come work with him this summer. Oh, I I need that. <laughs> yep. I, yep. I'm seeing that now. Wow. That would be something else. I need that to have from uh, so one day talking to KG about posting up, you know, working down low. The next day talking to this. Coach Gerstwinger, I've said that wrong, sorry, um, about shooting. If, if Giannis develops a three, it's just it's going to be so, so fun to watch him. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it, those comparisons to players like Dirk and, and LeBron, you know, I think they focused a lot on offense. But I think in Giannis, you could get into some defensive comparisons where a guy who can control the game like Andre Kirilenko or Scotty Pippen could. Yeah, Pippen's a good one. I, I think he has a lot of that in him too. You know, you, you watch him these last, you know, last couple of months uh, of of last season, the beginning couple of months of this season. I I think he can control a game that way, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, just his his blocks have been crazy. Do you, do you think Bucks fans are getting too excited about Giannis? No, no. When was the last time the Bucks had a genuine superstar like Giannis is going to be the best Bucks superstar since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Is is that fair? Oh, wow. that's that's tough on Marcus Johnson, who if he had stayed in Milwaukee and stayed healthy, I think people would look at him entirely different. Um, but I, I, it's hard to disagree. I, I feel like Marcus would probably Marcus Johnson would probably agree with you. Um, I, I just yeah, I think just the fact that he's only 22, he's got this much buzz already. He's just so good right now, and we don't know how much better he could get. Yeah, I, I think he could he could become second. 
at, at first will be really, really tough, obviously. Because <laughs> you're talking about one of the, you know, four or so, if not less, best players ever there. Yep. All right. So Hawks and Bucks play Friday. Uh, what do the Bucks have to do to win that game? And what do the Hawks have to do to win it? So I'll start with the Hawks because this will be my, my weaker area of expertise. Um, is, is Millsap going to be back? at all do we know yes Millsap played last night okay that's what I thought and you know today Millsap said something to the effect of you know I don't think he's a hundred percent necessarily he said basically that uh that he would play with it yeah so you know you get the sense that he he almost doesn't really want to talk about it he just he would rather just you know deal with what it is and play with it and not have to talk about it <laughs> yeah so that's just that's just the kind of guy and player he is I feel like um I think they need to get Millsat back and, and integrated in the offense again. Um, and just the, the offense has really been struggling. I mean, they need Millsat. Millsat will help on both ends, don't get me wrong. But I think just having Millsat back will be – I mean, he's such a dependable guy when he's in there. He's so good at so many things. Always severely underrated player. Um, I think just getting him back and, and going again will help everyone in this offense. So I think that's going to be Atlanta's biggest key is even if he's not fully healthy – Still, just having him in there should help. Even, even if he's he's not he's not a decoy. He's not that hurt. But just having Millsap no, around will, will help a lot. Yeah, yeah he was, uh, you know, he was playing center for most of the fourth quarter against Stephen Adams, and when they would switch, you know, he was taking Westbrook into the post, and you know, he he didn't look to have any issues of of being a decoy. He's, yeah, he's yeah, and and be most of himself. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you brought up him at center because that could be important too. The Bucks have been playing with more Giannis at center lineups, and it, it would be tough for the the Hawks to hang with that lineup both in transition and in some half courts if Dwight and Millsap are both out there. Because I mean, Dwight's a, a you know he's not a point guard as we saw with the hilarious Vine. I think you were the one who had that Vine actually the other the other I think last week or two weeks ago. Uh, I'm not accepting blame for that, even if I was the one that did it. <laughs> point Dwight was uh, He's not. He's not a point guard. He's a. He might be an athletic center. He might be an athletic center. Whoever put that vine up, I don't know who did that. Don't get me in trouble. No, whichever is probably some hooligans online. Yeah, um, that's it. The the it's youngins. Hooligans. They're always causing trouble. Yeah, they are. Um, so I I think Dwight would have. They'd have a. The Hawks would be a little too slow to keep up with Giannis at center lineups that the Bucks have been experimenting with, which they can sort of do now that they have shooters. Um, so getting Millsat back, letting him play at center against Giannis will be big for the Hawks. Just having that flexibility for Bud. I mean, Millsap is just so important to the Hawks. For the Bucks, it's going to be the shooters I just mentioned. We're at a point now where we we just talked about Giannis. Giannis is good every night. You don't have to worry about you know we need Giannis to be to play well. He's been playing well pretty much every night this season. Jabari's getting there as well. He'll have quieter nights, but mostly it's because. He just won't get as many shots. He's still growing into the kind of player he's going to be. But those two combined have been effective, I would say, far more often than they've been not this season. I think the difference will come down to the role players. I mean, you look at the Spurs game, uh, really it came down to a rebound that the Bucks didn't get. But if you want to be more at looking at the very last play, it was Giannis is he gets covered up and he realizes like the Spurs are not giving him a shot. There's no room for him. He's got Kawhi on him and helps coming. He dishes to Delhi who's next to him. Delhi makes a smart pass to a wide open Mirza Toledovic who just misses the three. And as John McLaughlin was saying right after the game, I mean, 
you if you if you give Mirza a wide open corner three, you just assume it's going in. I mean, he's he's a very capable shooter. Clearly, <laughs> is he? I thought his sweet spot is like not the corners though. Like he he has that gone right there elbow as three. Much. Yeah, it's. I mean, his if you ask Mirza, his sweet spot is anywhere on the court because he will <laughs> shoot from anywhere inside on the court. half court. If that, I mean, you see, he'll he'll pull up from anywhere he gets a pass. Um, his percentages from the 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 corner aren't bad. He's just not. He just doesn't take a lot of them because he's usually he doesn't. He like he gets the ball before he gets over there, so he's already shot by that point. Um, but I mean, just like the the kind of shooter he is. I mean, that's a that's a good shot for anyone who's a decent three point shooter. And he just he just clanked it, and it just happens. But um, I mean, just the way Giannis and Jabari are playing though, if the shooters are on to it, it either you the other defense either has to commit to the shooters and not let them be open, and that leaves space for Giannis and Jabari or send extra help to stop Giannis and Jabari, and that leaves the shooters open. I mean, you can only play defense so well with five-on-five guys when two of them are capable of getting their own shot from not anywhere, but they're capable of making a good shot inside, and then you can put a couple more guys out on the perimeter who can shoot very well. Uh, they The Buck shooters have not been great this season. They've been better than they had recently. There's been more of them. But Tony Snell, uh, Delevadova, De and Toledovich have not been lights out. I think... Uh, Toledovich has been the best of them by percentage without looking, but none of them have been 40%, I don't think. So if those guys are on and they're clicking and they're hitting their threes, it's hard to stop the Bucks just because you have to worry about them and Giannis. Fair enough. All right, so Bucks hawks Friday uh, should be an interesting one. Uh, the, the the Bucks have gotten pretty far up in the standings the last couple of weeks, and the, the Hawks are going to be underdogs looking up at the at the Bucks in the standings at that point. It'll be interesting. That just feels weird. <laughs> Got anything to plug, Ty? Podcast? Yeah, you know Blog? I do. You, you know it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Ty Windish, T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H. Uh, my podcast, Time Out with Ty, which you have been on before. Fantastic episode. Thank you for that. Um, it's on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes, but you can also find it at timeoutwithty.com. There's handy links to all of those. Plus, I put up my blog posts there, which have you know a, a breakdown of what's in each episode and all that stuff. So that's fun. Otherwise, yeah, check out our stuff over at Behind the Buck Pass. Uh, you're a BTBP veteran, I believe. Um, <laughs> so that's that's a double reason to go check it out. We do really good work there, and uh, I'm also over at HoopsHabit.com with some more general NBA stuff. I'm all over these days. Excellent. You're a busy man, Ty. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Hey, absolutely. You too. Thanks for having me. And thanks to our sponsor, Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage Group. Rates, integrity, service.